Coming up today on Locked On Texas Tech, manifestation, frothing at the mouth, and great expectations. Is a host due for a tetanus shot, or are we talking Texas Tech hoops? Find out next on Locked On Texas Tech. You are Locked On Texas Tech, your daily podcast on the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're going to start this thing off right. Great to be back with you again on Locked On Texas Tech on the Locked On Podcast Network. And thank you for making us your first listen every day on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts. He's the only Chris Level. I'm Casey Cowan. And kicking off a new week with great expectations. Does that ring a bell as one of those books you had to read once upon a time? does for me. Don't remember what it was about, so I guess it didn't take. But (laughs) this great expectations conversation today, Chris, having to do with something entirely different. That being Red Raider hoops. We're going to hear from Texas Tech head coach Grant McCaslin talking about those expectations, talking about fan fervor generally around basketball or college basketball in the great state. And maybe that being just a tick up or a little bit beyond that here in the 806. Let's get right into it, Chris. We'll take a listen to head coach Grant McCaslin talking about these things. This is from his appearance on the Field of 68 podcast recently. Here is Coach McCaslin. The state of Texas, there's not very many places that love basketball. And Texas Tech, it is it is unlike any other. And it's on the shoulders of a lot of great people. You know that. I mean, you know, you look at what Coach Dickey did prior to that, Coach Myers, and then Coach Knight, and then uh, Pat, and then Beard, and then Coach Adams. And obviously in the middle of that was a little stint with uh, Coach Gillespie, who I actually played for uh, in college. But it just there's a unique – part of West Texas and the people here and the love for basketball. And I, and I genuinely felt like the support and the area, it just was literally the perfect time. And and you can't explain it unless you're in it. And to be here, I I honestly do think it was the Lord providing it. And ultimately, man, there's a lot of hope. Um, And we want to compete for national championships. And I thought we built our program in North Texas with that in mind. People took that by surprise, but in our first meeting, when I met with the team at North Texas um, back in 2016, or I guess it was 2017, I told them I wanted to compete for a national championship at North Texas. And some of the guys were laughing. I'm serious. And and there was two guys that were asleep in this meeting, and it had only been going on for two minutes. So, I mean, like, the part of this journey that you're trying to get people to believe in is, like, there has to be a great expectation that how you – that and then that's going to dictate how you operate every day like this is this is what we're aiming for this is what we're going to do and that part I, I genuinely believe that texas tech has the components to put yourself in that position you got to be able to win your home games you got to be able to win um have a great atmosphere you got to have a great university and that kind of support and all those boxes are checked but really the heart behind it and the belief in texas tech is ultimately what was the difference and just felt like it was the perfect time to do it there, there's a lot to uh, kind of uh, react to or kind of takeaways there, uh, Cowan. As far as what Coach McCaslin said, I think I think that there, there's a couple things that those stick out above the others. One is the the support, attendance, just general interest. 
the other the other is speaking things into existence and we'll i guess we'll, we'll take those one at a time but like the he he's right you know there was uh i i i can remember having various conversations with uh with with, with chris beard you know at the onset of taking the head job at tech and even when he was an assistant way back in the day um, and, I, and I mentioned him because because Coach McCaslin did, but it, it was like you, 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 they were trying to figure out ways to really kind of get this get this fan base to where it kind of is now, to where super interested, very passionate, not passive. Part of it was just you had to win, and I think Chris yeah. started to do that. But the other was, you know, thinking about all kinds of ideas on on what we could do, you know, um, in, in his terms, you know, what, what what can we do to to you know get people here and all those things, and and they did, they beat the pavement, and all that, but but ultimately they won. Yeah. But if you look around the state, you know, I, I think it's been kind of fascinating because there are now there are now ticket policies at other Big Twelve and in state institutions, basically like in place to keep Texas tech fans from buying tickets there, there is, I think a renewed interest in like university of Texas that has to do with Texas tech in some ways uh, for, for because of their previous head coach and because of Texas tech fans taking over the, the older arena now they have a new one, but there's some renewed interest there. Baylor has, has always just struggled with attendance. TCU, it's just kind of, you know, even if we're winning, we, we, we may show up. Houston, I think there's a renewed interest. Obviously, they have a new arena and they've been rolling as hot as any team in the country over the last three or four years. But I, I think that the the home crowds at Texas Tech have kind of built up a bit of a reputation. Now, last year, did that suffer? Absolutely. Uh I think uh, you, you still had fans showing up, but it wasn't it wasn't like the year before when it was kind of at an all-time high, I don't know, in that Sweet 16 year. And then Coach Beard brought the Longhorns in there. And there were some of those home games were just, you know, and you never lost at home, you know. So, but I think Grant sees the possibilities. And ultimately, it just comes down to winning, you know. And if you win, this is a yes. community that will support you. But I will tell you, and you know this, football and Joey McGuire have kind of taken advantage of maybe some of the – the waning interest from last year. I don't know if that's the right term, but like if people only have us, you know, so much discretionary income to pay for one or the other, you know, five, six years ago, they started to change. Like get, they got away. I'm not, I'm tired of watching bad football. I'm tired of watching us lose home games. Let's go over to this, this party in November, December, and January. It's a lot of fun. And now, you know, if you're not, you know, you, you gotta be careful or kind of, kind of tilt back. Does that make sense? Sure. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I, I guess that takes a perspective that's kind of zero sum and that you've only got, you know, so much attention to divide. And I guess at the end of the day you do, but you know, really just between me and I think most Texas tech sports fans, Chris, it's a fairly short list as to what you're investing any energy into anyway, maybe one thing, maybe two things, three at the most. I know there are some like super red Raiders out there who are all across campus, every sport you're interested, you're involved, and you know what's going on, and, and good for you, but that ain't most sports fans. And <laughs> I really feel like when you're – you nailed it on the head. We can talk about all kinds of things. We can get into our favorite activity. That's him hawing about everything you can do to get people there. 
Just win, baby. That's the only thing it takes. And Texas Tech is a fan base is filled with passionate sports fans. But you're also, as an athletics department, university at large, particularly compared to your neighbors, um, relatively young. And Chris, you don't have like that just historical people watch you because you're a brand kind of thing going on, which leads to a lot of casual viewership, even when you suck, ask the University of Texas for the last decade or so. That That's not really what you have going on. So when you suck or you're irrelevant, basketball, football, whatever, people will drift away just because life goes on and you're, you're trying to do whatever you're trying to do out here. Hopefully, you know, by the end of my lifespan, if I live an average lifespan, Maybe that begins to change and, and you're getting into some of that territory where it's 125 year, 150 year history that you got going on as far as athletic competition is concerned. But you and I both know that Red Raider fans show up when there is something compelling to show up for. Much of that I admire, as a matter of fact, because some of the blind loyalty I, I've never really invested in myself or just gotten into. And sometimes when you stink, I'm thinking, don't put butts in seats. How else you get a message that you stink? <laughs> uh, yeah. But I, I think there is plenty of indications throughout the decades. It's not just uh, Chris Beard's basketball program. It was also Bob Knight's basketball program, but it was also James Dickey's program. And then it was also Gerald Myers program that featured some very interesting times in the Municipal Coliseum or Reunion Arena in Dallas when frothing at the mouth was a common activity for the Texas Tech fan. That spans multiple decades. It wasn't just Mike Leach's football program. It was also Spike Dykes' football program, again, at various times that produced the frothing at the mouth fervor there was nothing football wise about the last decade to produce any of that other than like torches and pitchfork frothing that's not the kind of frothing we want not all frothing is created equally <laughs> we want celebratory frothing but you've seen it on campus you've seen it as an analyst you've seen it as a fan so have i when something compelling is there you're gonna have um an inimitable fan base level of passion because I think you've been so hungry to compete consistently, but you haven't quite done that uh, over those decades. It's been here or there, but it's like that reserve of enthusiasm, that well of enthusiasm, that's always there. We, we've seen it in different eras, right? And as soon as, um, you know, like Tubby Smith shows up and it's like, okay, well, maybe you're cranking it back to about nine or 10,000 in the arena as opposed to like me, Chris Level, and 17 of our best friends. Uh, and then when you really build on that, well, it, it gets kind of wild. But I, I remember those Bob Knight days, and I'm sure you remember some of the days even prior to that um, at the Coliseum, or like I said, at Reunion Arena in Dallas, Southwest Conference days, where uh, you know basketball was a thing that was supported greatly by Texas Tech fans. It takes something compelling, and I don't begrudge anybody for that because these are hard-earned hard -earned dollars and finite time, obviously, that you have that you're investing in any of this. But first, today's episode brought to you by Built Bar. And if you're looking for a delicious snack, but you don't want all the sugar, don't want all the calories, I got what you need, buddy. That's Built Bar or Built Puff. What makes them so good? For starters, covered in 100% real dark chocolate. Tastes so great, you're not going to think they're good for you. Unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie, cookies, and cream. Not sure how they do it, but they maintain amazing macros while tasting like a candy bar. What's even better, they're healthy. Only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar. 
with a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't have to wait to get a box. You can always go to Built.com to get your specialty flavors. But also right now, you can walk into your local Walmart or Sam's Club and pick up a four-bar box if you're at Walmart. Or if you hit Sam's Club, 13-bar box with hit flavors, brownie batter puff, or the churro puff. You can thank me later after you try your first Built Bar. To take something compelling, and I don't begrudge anybody for that because these are hard-earned hard-earned dollars and finite time, obviously, that you have that you're investing in any of this. Yeah, you know, I, when I was going to school at, at, at Tech in the mid-90s, that was kind of the heyday for, for Coach Dickey and, and Sasser and Ham and Coy Smith and Janae Cooper. You saw some teams, man. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, and, it, it, you know, I remember playing, you know, on ESPN against Texas, and there was, you know, like a 125 to 118 type game playing against Penders, uh, Penders' teams, you know, and – you're right. I mean, Lance Hughes, even you know that era. There, there was just yeah. a, a fun run, and you you were slam putting, dunk champion, Lance yeah, Hughes. That's right. We had a bunch of those, man. That's uh, right. We've got a Emmett, history, baby. Emmett, uh, Lance Hughes, and I think Darvin Ham. I don't, I'm trying to remember. There, there, there was a yeah, but we we had Where are several those banners. We, these, <laughs> yeah. we got a damn mascot of the year banner up in the yeah. arena, but we can't get a slam dunk title <laughs> banner. up. The, the, the other thing, though, that I, I think Grant says there that I think was fascinating, and I, I learned this under under uh, Beard, too, because he was so – he would talk about it so much to the point where I was like, this is just – this is weird. But then I watched it all kind of come true, and I, I, I just remember at his press conference, I was actually standing next to Mark Adams at the back. Mark had come with Chris from Little Rock, and – you know, I I I had known Chris and Mark obviously from from many many years previous, but you know, Beard's up there. It was at the arena on the arena floor, and it was at a weird time of the year because, and if you remember, that was back when he was kind of like the head coach for UNLV for three weeks, and the timing was weird, and Tubby kind of bailed out, and nobody was really expecting it. All those things, anyways. But they had the the press conference on the arena floor and and i i remember something about beard saying hey i'm, I'm home and and, and all that because he'd been here for so many years prior but prior but he said he said something like you know we're, we're gonna get we're gonna play on a monday night and i mean i'm i'm you know you you were not very good you had just gotten to the ncaa tournament for the first time in a while and and, and yeah. it, you scratched and clawed and everything just to to you know be good enough that year just to get to the tournament and and I, I just remember thinking, like, you know, Monday night ain't ever happening here. I mean, I, I'm, a, I'm, an all, I'm an alum. I'm a fan. I was a broadcaster, all the above. But I'm thinking, like, you know, this and, – and I'll, I'll be damned if you just didn't, what, five years later do that very thing. And I, I think there's a lot of coaches out there that do. They feel, they feel that part of the mental – game or part of the mental part of of coaching is you speak things into existence like you can't achieve it unless you talk about it yeah and I think that's why I hear Grant doing what he's doing right there in that in that uh comment from Rob Doster on, on the field of 68 is that you talk about national championships you talk about winning all of your home games you talk about you know, winning the league and everything like that. Don't shy away from those big goals. It, it, even as it, as unattainable as some of them potentially may be, that's that's why we are in this business. And, you know, I, I think because I've seen it happen and like shockingly seen it happen. Like yes. I just, I mean, <laughs> you, you know this, th there's just no way that that Monday night is reserved for 
the Carolinas and the Dukes and the, you know, whoever else. It, it wasn't reserved for Texas Tech basketball, but that sport has changed. I mean, you know, UConn and San Diego State uh, showed you that, and UConn's won five national championships in the last, what, uh, 20, 25 years or something. So, I mean, it's just like I, I think you can absolutely attain it, but I just think it's interesting that Grant kind of, again, not not going to shy away from expectations and going to talk about uh, some of those things. I, I think that's life in general. I mean, you're going to create your own reality to a, a tremendous extent, and uh, you've got to manifest things. you got to speak it into existence. It's not some cauldron or like campfire voodoo or anything I'm talking about, but there is uh, something powerful and knowing where you want to be and uh, continuously emphasizing uh, where you want to be. And I don't know... I don't know that it's a long list of things that Billy Gillespie said when he was in West Texas that I thought uh, were coherent or something that resonates with me. Uh, but I remember he told me one time at a spring football game of all places uh, that no one has ever risen to low expectations because he was kind of giving me the same pitch. It wasn't quite like, hey, we're going to play on Monday night, but it's like, hey, we're going to do this. And I'm like, come on, coach. You seen, you seen what we had going on recently? Uh, may temper those expectations. Hey, nobody's ever risen to low expectations. That's a true statement. And you got to set the bar somewhere. And I think we all now know clearly what you can be capable of uh, as a program. And uh, if you build it and win it, uh, they will come. No doubt about that. And there were, I mean, games last year, Chris, where we were still trying to hang on uh, as, as a building, as a fan base, as a home environment, when it was looking like, oh, <laughs> okay, but there's still like 10 or 11 hanging around there like, oh, do y'all want to give us something uh, to get amped about? And sometimes it happens, sometimes it didn't. I don't think you've lost it by any stretch of the imagination. Obviously, the sooner the better you get back to it uh, to keep that home environment intact and, and what it's been uh, for a period of years. But um, I, I don't think you've lost it. There were some of those years I know, or I'm sorry, some of those games last year where I felt like, man, we're we're out here still trying. We, we want to see something good to celebrate and you know, when Texas comes to town and some other nights, you got some of that, but uh, got to continue it right sooner <laughs> rather than later because it's precious. And I was a little taken aback. I don't know if I want to say taken aback, uh, but just it got my attention when he's talking about, you know, you go elsewhere around Texas and maybe it's not quite like that. I mean, what you, you do the traveling. I don't do much college hoops traveling in the state. What do you see elsewhere as far as a typical you know, fan embrace, I guess, of these programs. Well, it, it's true. Uh, I, I think, uh, I, I think, you know, whenever we're there, we have been in, in recent years, you know, I think that the Texas Tech fan, if, if the game's on a weekend in Waco or Fort Worth or Austin, I think, you know, you're, you're doing as much to fill the building up or, or whatever is, is anything. Mm -hmm. But I think if you watch, if you watch some of the games and everything like that, I think that, yeah, the, the attendance is not what you think. Uh, and, and some of these teams have been ranked uh, in the top 10, top 25. They've been having good years. They're semi-contending for a, a conference championship. And some of them have won national titles. Title. Yes. I mean, that's yeah, that's always been kind of bizarre. I, I, I do think you have a little bit of a luxury in the fact that you can gather this kind of uh, group with what you've been mostly as a program. Now, you made a run to the national title game, but and yet they hadn't been able to in Waco, which they're getting a new arena too, right? Soon, or did I dream that? I uh, believe this next year. Yeah, I, th I think uh, I think that in and it's a smaller. Uh, they, they've it's going to be. Um, I, I think it's on the other side of I thirty five compared to where their football stadium is, but uh, basically be right on the kind of the 
semi banks of the of that of the Brazos River, I guess it is, and uh, not not a lot of parking around it. But I think it's only going to hold like seven thousand or something, which is so. What it's what it, it's smart. I mean, hey, we we got this nine thousand or ten thousand seat Federal Center and can't fill it up. So you know, let's let's charge a bit more for a new arena and we could fill it up and you know away we go texas did the same thing yeah, uh, and and, I, and there was always chatter about beard was as outspoken about this as anybody but i mean everybody t- has tried to figure out what can we do to not have to try to fill up a fifteen thousand seat arena because the problem with your building is when it's full it's awesome it's just getting it full is is a difficult task and even if you have 13,000 in there, it, it still feels like less than if that makes sense. And like, you kind of feel like there's something missing, but you've got 13,000 people in there. However, though, there's, you, you've got a spacious building and all that. So they, they've talked about, you know, putting curtains up there, kind of tarping off this or that. So much of it is like student attendance too. When you're winning, the That's students right. are showing up, you know, if it's an 11 AM game on a Saturday, it's going to be difficult. That's why they, they try to come up with those, Hey man, you got to show up to these home games to get a ticket to the Kentucky game. You got to show up to these games to get a ticket to the Texas game. You're trying to right. like keep these, keep dangling that carrot uh, to to these uh, out, out to the student attendance and, and and all that stuff. But anyways, there's there's a lot of components. But curtains, forget the curtains. It's curtains on the curtains conversation. Here's what we do: beer prices, hot dog prices, popcorn prices down. Attendance is up. It is a very simple conversation and thankfully one that would keep us away from one of my original ideas back in the dark days to get butts and seats. Uh, I proposed a clothing optional section just to kind of, and I knew that section would be boisterous, you know, very likely. So just thinking about something back in the day, what can we do to amp it up a little bit in United Supermarkets Arena? Clothing optional section was out there, but then Beard just went to the national championship <laughs> game. And we didn't have to visit that, thankfully. But uh, yeah, think about the beer prices uh, possibly as well. The kids. Well, thank you. Kids of age, of course. I mean, okay, we're going to set that conversation to the side for the time being. Moving on, Chris, as we're going to take a trip across campus to the Texas Tech football facility. Any interesting visits to get to over the weekend? We'll get to that coming up next on Locked on Texas Tech. But first, today's episode brought to you by FanDuel, America's number one sports book and the official sports book of Locked On. Got the NBA playoffs going on, Major League Baseball, Tibetan tiddlywinks, or anything in between that's on your radar. FanDuel has got you covered. And right now, if you've never done it before, you're in luck because it's a great time to be a new customer. You can get started with FanDuel right now by downloading the FanDuel app, safe, secure, Easy to use. Woo! First timers, when you get the app, you're going to immediately be eligible for a no sweat first bet. Up to 1000 bucks. Just go to fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on to sign up now, place your first bet, and get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. So don't miss your chance to get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today by Downloading the FanDuel app or go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up with FanDuel, an official partner of Major League Baseball. Great to be with you all across the great state and world wide. 
on Locked On Texas Tech on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts. Shout out to those everydayers out there. Thanks for making us your first listen. Do subscribe on YouTube if you haven't so far, so you never miss an episode. We're on a push to 4,000 subscribers, and I'd love to see it happen by September 2nd. So opening kickoff day for Joey McGuire and the Red Raiders. If we could hit that 4,000 mark, that would be delicious. 3,100 is the last hill we topped, I think, uh, last week. So thanks to those who are saddling up. If you're still out there for a test drive, come on in. The water is warm. <laughs> Subscribe and join the Locked On Texas Tech fam damnly. It's a ball of fun thank you for being out there however you're taking in the show some way somehow uh chris as we wrap up today's show wanted to step away from hoops really quickly get over to joey mcguire and the red raider football program and things that continue to happen uh behind the scenes or maybe just under <laughs> the water that some fans may not notice here or there but uh visitors here or there still on the schedule for texas tech football and it uh, seems like there was a pretty interesting one over the weekend possibly yeah, you know, so th this is where the, the school year, uh, whether, you know, you're in middle school, elementary school, high school, or college is all, this is the time of the, the year where everything kind of starts to wind down. College is already out. Uh, high schools and middle schools and all that start to, to let out and everything like that. And so you kind of, you kind of let your guard down a little bit and, and you realize, you know, yeah, there's, there's not anything going on. Things kind of winding up. Everybody's getting ready for the summer, but like, College football programs are, are very active right now. Um, you've got your staff out on the road. Uh, I think that, that that's about to wrap up. Uh, it's been like that for the last two or three weeks. But you, you've got final portal visitors that are trying to visit maybe before the first session of summer school starts. And then and then we've got official you know visits from a recruiting standpoint with high school kids coming up, you know, in, in June and all that. So, you know, we'll get to that in, in a few weeks when that gets here. But, yeah, you you, you had a uh, you had a corner from uh, Fresno State in over the weekend named Braylon Lux. It's a guy that Coach DeRuiter, I think, has a, some familiarity with. I think he's originally from San Jose uh, out in California. Uh, this is an experienced player uh, that had played in, I believe, 27 games over, I guess, three or four seasons. I think he'd have a couple of years left to play here, I believe. And uh, he, but he was, he was here in town over there over the weekend here in Lubbock uh, visiting with coach DeRuiter and all that. And, and I think it was, it was fairly telling that it, 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 it tells you that they do agree that backup corner or corner depth is, is we've talked about this repeatedly is a is a concern uh, or or is a need? I don't know if it's a concern, but it's like you know if we had a wish list, like well, that that would be on there. Well, here you go. I think it also tells you that they may have not gotten any of the inside linebackers that they wanted uh, because some of the ones that they offered uh, from Ferris State and on and on it went. They they ended up they have ended up committing elsewhere, and I don't guess that they see anybody out there in the portal that that would make some, make any sense for them as an upgrade. So they're going to stick with what they got, but they're also not necessarily going to hold one of these few spots and just waste it. They're going to try to go find something that they feel like can help them. Cause essentially what Braylon Lux would be, if they can work through it and work it out and at the time that you and I are talking, it's not done yet. I don't think, but 
essentially, this is a Kobe Minor replacement. I mean, that's what he is. You know, I think that it gives you some insurance. And and so you, you've got like your Mo Horn who could end up being, you know, but you're not having to just heavily rely on true freshmen, uh, you know, like a Chapman Lewis and, and uh, you know, the, the, the other fresh uh, freshman, Brendan Jordan. Um, and so, you you know, you've got, you, it just, it just buys you some time. It, it give, it's, it's an insurance policy. Uh, you know, this player, uh, I think he left Fresno state under not the best circumstances back in, in March, but I think Texas tech has vetted that and, and is comfortable there with whatever happened. But anyway, either way, uh, this is somebody that you you know and you you've you've kind of vetted uh, his background. So anyway, uh, just to sum that up, I mean, I think it it could potentially be an addition that you add to your football team heading into the summer months if they can get something figured out here in the next uh, you know week. You've said this name so many times now, and it just kind of I said taking the phrase taken aback earlier, and I I feel that way a little bit by how often we've had to invoke the name Kobe Miner. As it relates to so many of these guys, you know, coming arriving or guys who are trying to to get on the roster, and uh, you said it a long time ago, like, hey, this may be a little bit more uh, impactful his departure than than some fans might believe. And I don't want to over dramatize it, but it's just another guy we're talking about in another time where you uh, kind of associate Kobe Miner with this. I think that's that's interesting and a little bit surprising to me, at least. Yeah, you know, I, I just think the game has changed over the last several years and that you need, uh, you know, because everybody's running with five DBs in a lot of situations and you need you need more guys that can cover, not less. And I think, you yeah. know, because, I mean, the, the, the slot corner or, or like the nickel guy, the guy that covers the slot receiver, but the, the nickel guy, that, that's almost become like a primary position now. You know, to where that that's like a starter. This isn't like a, a sub package. This is just like right. you know, and and so it, it just it, it it's become and and you think about it from your roster standpoint. Like if one of your two starters, because right now Rayshon Williams is not healthy. If you if you put your starting defense out there uh, right now, he he's not out there. And 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 then it, it, let's just pretend like you had a game Saturday. Then then you move up Mo Horn. Then you move up your, your freshman, and you're have you're having to employ three to four in a game. You see, see how thin it can get really quickly. Oh, yeah, that gets and so I, fast. <laughs> yeah, and, and and I think um, I think you're trying hey, especially to, when it's Oregon in week two, Chris. <laughs> bingo. You know, I so I think this is it's like okay if we we can find somebody that is this position. And I told you, I think from the get-go, it, it was inside linebacker and offensive tackle. But we always mentioned corner for this the, for the Kobe Minor reason. And I just I just think he would have been like a, a semi-starter, like close to starting, like really comfortable. Because he, he was pretty good. I mean, I, I, and he's a guy they did not want to lose. I can I can assure you of that. Yeah. But he wanted to he wanted to start. I think his brother. Ended up going with him to Indiana. We, we've we've you know talked about that enough, but um, bottom line is it created a bit of a hole in your roster uh, of sorts, and it doesn't mean that Mo Horn can't you know fill that role or that one of these freshmen can't. But I'd sure like to go with a bird in the hand kind of thing, and maybe that's right. what Braylon Lux <laughs> is, you know. And I, I'd like to have all the all the above, you know, because. 
you know, because like last year, if you remember, you may not even remember this name. He barely played. I would think that Braylon Lux would actually play more. They would anticipate getting more out of him than they did uh, last year at a Keon Blankenbaker uh, transfer from Wyoming, of all places. And he was kind of thought to be like an extra cover guy, special teams, you know, whatever. Didn't really do a whole lot, but it was a luxury that you had. You didn't necessarily need to lean on him a bunch, but it was kind of a – he was a one-for-one guy. So it didn't hurt you, but you had an extra spot, used it on him. And he ended up getting hurt, I think, at the tail end of the year, but he wasn't he wouldn't factoring in much before that. But it was a nice old guy to have in your back pocket if you needed. And yeah. you know, I think Braylon Lux has actually played pretty good football for Fresno State over the years. And so, you know, th- this would be much more than that, but it's the same, it's the same premise, man. It's all about covering, you know, CYA, man. It's a whole, all, I mean, it, 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 it hedging your bets and, and all those things. And this is why you're going to find a kickoff guy. It's why you're going to find an extra cover guy, you know, just to kind of, you know, plugging up holes in a, in a dam kind of thing as best you can with what limited resources you've got, uh, which is, are available scholarships. Yeah, and I, I don't know that I remember the key on, but I could never forget Blankenbaker because it's right there with Runamucker, Rosenbagger, and Gardenhoser. So that one always stuck out to me, though I couldn't pick him out of a lineup. All right, that's something to keep an eye on. And, and clearly, uh, as this college football world turns, like players through the transfer portal, these are the days of our college football offseason lives. You know what it is. Be right here on Locked On Texas Tech. Uh, for insights you don't get anywhere else and be right back here tomorrow on locked on texas tech what about want to talk about something tomorrow with you chris that uh happened here in west texas a season ago that hadn't happened in over a decade and certainly is no small thing we'll have that coming up tomorrow and much much more this week so make sure you're subscribed and right here to make us your first listen every day thanks again to those who already do. Chris, enjoyed it as always. Thanks for the time, man. We'll do it again tomorrow. Absolutely. Keep hope alive, everybody. Have a good graduation week or, you know, all those kinds of things starting to wrap up, man. But we're here. We're here throughout. That's right. We'll be right back here for another round tomorrow. So hope to see you as well. For Chris, I'm Casey. We'll see you right back here for the next edition of Locked on Texas Tech.